We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thank you, Brewster. Hello, St. Louis and surrounding areas. You are listening to another edition of At Your Service right here on the Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Yeah, we're just keeping on pushing on here on KMOX. Welcome. My name is Dave Simons, Certified Financial Planner. That is the day job, the one that uh, pays the bills and puts food on the table. But occasionally, they do let me come downtown to the KMOX studios and host this show we call Dollars and Cents on Sunday afternoons. And then even sometimes during weeknight evenings like tonight, where I get to fill in at your service. So thank you so much for the folks at KMOX letting me crash the party here on this Valentine's Day special. How about that? Do you, let me ask a question. How many of you actually really care about this day? A legitimate question, because you can really fall into two camps, right? You've got people who say, no, this is a really cool day, you know, for my significant other. And I enjoy maybe giving a little extra attention that day. And especially because my significant other really expects me to kind of speaking to the guys here, uh, get that card, the the box of chocolates, perhaps uh, flowers, maybe go out for a nice dinner. And then there's the other group. I'm agnostic. Not a big deal. Whether you're in a relationship or not, no big thing. Now, I'm going to make some of my uh, fellow men out there very jealous of me when I tell you that uh, coming up on my 35th wedding anniversary later this summer, early on in my marriage, way back in the late 80s, when my then bride basically said, don't feel compelled or pressured to do anything for this goofy thing on Valentine's Day. What? Why why would we set aside a day and ignore the other 364 days? So I, I don't need the card. I don't need the chocolates. I don't need... This is like the perfect woman. <laughs> I mean, I think this marriage might actually work. And here we are coming up on 35 years this August. Now, yes, I not saying that I haven't done that and she doesn't respond in like kind where, yeah, we've exchanged cards now and then, but it's kind of been a joke for us. I even woke up this morning and said, uh, I, th- I think your uh, Valentine's Day card got lost in the mail. Yeah, I think yours did too. So an ongoing little thing 
for us. But I fall into that the, the camp of being somewhat agnostic about it. But knock yourself out if this is kind of a day where you do set aside to make it special or you even feel somewhat obligated to make it special, whatever it takes to keep the fires burning, right? So I thought on this Valentine's Day, I would share with everyone, because I know you've been wanting to hear the personal love story of Dave Simons, of how I even met my wife. Now, before you turn the channel and go anywhere, it, no, it's not some gag me. Oh, my gosh, that is a, that's just too soupy of a, of a Hallmark type of story. No, it's not at all. This is actually going to be such a unique story. I can almost guarantee nobody else can tell this story about meeting their future spouse. I mean, I guess it's possible that it's happened this way, but it has to be very, very rare. So we go way back. Let's go back at our time machine. It's 1986. And I am a young cub reporter for the CBS affiliate in Wichita, Kansas. So as many of you know, yes, I did have a past life. I am a 1984 graduate of the Broadcast Journalism School at Mizzou. And my first job was in Kansas. And, and when you, I wasn't, I didn't go to Wichita right away. I, I actually had to start in Little Hayes, Kansas, which was part of this chain of TVs uh, stations. I was there for a year and then I moved to Hutchinson, Kansas. That's an affiliate. It was a branch satellite station, if you will, of the main station in Wichita. So it was a one-man shop out there in Hutchinson, up the highway, up Highway 96 from Wichita. And I started that job in February of 86, and I was, what, 23 and a half years old or so. Now, I'm a city boy, and I hosted something called the Morning Farm Show that ran every morning, Monday through Friday, from 6 to 6.30 a.m. Now, as a city boy, one of my responsibilities was to tell all the farmers waking up about what the spot prices were of their particular agricultural products. So I would give the prices of your shorn and unshorn sheep. I would talk about hogs and beans, corn, things that I knew nothing about. I had never even heard the term shorn and unshorn sheep until I got out there but I had to play the part. One of the responsibilities that I had when I got into this little satellite station in Hutchinson at four in the morning every day is to quickly watch the previous night's 10 p.m. newscast because I went to bed very early, as did many of the farmers and other early morning risers. So my responsibility was if there was some really big news the night before, I would replay it as a part of that morning farm show. So I would call down to the main station in Wichita, and there would usually be some assistant or perhaps an intern or something, and I would talk to this person. I'd say, hey, Bob, um, uh, that big city council meeting last night where they passed this resolution about whatever, I get that tape. I'm going to, that's going to be my first tape I'm going to call for. Because we didn't have any engineers or anyone else up uh, out there in Hutchinson. Everything came out of Wichita. Uh, and then there was that, uh, unfortunately, that, that, that really bad accident on Highway 35 through Wichita. That's going to be my second story. And then let's end with the, uh, yeah, a little sports. How about the Wichita State Shockers basketball win last night? Let's go with that. 
Well, later that summer, after I was getting really good at this and I was feeling like I knew what I was doing with the farm show, we get into the summer of 86 and I call down there and it's not Bob anymore. It's a female voice named Susan. Well, hello, Susan. Who are you? Turns out that she, this was her summer internship. She was in broadcast journalism school up there at K-State in Manhattan. Now, remember, folks, I'm 23, okay? So don't start thinking, oh, are you, what are you, prowling campus, college campuses? You old guy? No, no, no. I was only two years removed, all right? Have to clear that. So we're about three, three and a half years apart. Anyway, here's the beauty of this story. As I would talk to her in the mornings, we would start having longer conversations. And she would start asking questions about my profession. And I would say, you know, when I'm off the air at 630, why don't I call you back and we'll spend some time talking about this. And I can let you know how, why I did the order of these uh, stories or what I'm going to be doing later today. And weeks turns into months through that summer. And I realized I'm kind of starting to have little special feelings for this young lady. Now, remember, she knows what I look like. I'm on the air every day. I have no idea what Susan looks like. Although one of my reporter buddies down in Wichita said, yeah, this intern down here, she's really cute. (sighs) Okay, let's spring into action there, Davy boy. So the Kansas state treasurer, Joan Finney, who would later become governor of Kansas, was flying into Hutchinson for some event. Don't even remember what it was. So because I'm the nice guy and want to help young interns who want to get into the same profession, I'm that kind of a guy. I call down to Susan and I say, look, you want to follow a professional around? You want to see how this is really done? Why don't you drive up later this morning? I'm going to be interviewing Joan Finney. And then I'm going to show you how I put the story together. Well, Dave, I would love to do that. Now, did Susan come up just wearing some raggedy old jeans or something like that? No, 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 no. Susan drove up to Hutchinson and met me in person for the first time wearing the most awesome, pretty, feminine, frilly, white and pink dress that you would never wear out doing a story. See, it goes both ways, folks. Fast forward. We date. It's very serious. I popped the question in December of 87, so about a year and a half later, and we get married the following August of 2000, no, 2000, of 1988, and here we are coming up on 35 years. Now, some of you may wonder if she ever went into the business. The answer is no, because shortly after that, I got a job back in here in my hometown in St. Louis working for Channel 4 in the late 80s and early 90s, and Susan eventually became the stay-at-home mom, and here we are all these years later. Now, can I turn a little serious for everybody now? Speaking of relationships, we're going to take a break right now, and then I want to come back and continue this conversation about what really, seriously, how have we been able to stay married this long? How have many of you who have been married even longer, how have have you been able to navigate the relationships that sometimes can get very, very iffy and touchy and you wonder, can I even make this last any longer? 
I'm also going to have an expert in this field calling in here in just a couple of minutes, and we were going to discuss her new book that gets to a lot of these issues. I thought this was perfect on Valentine's Day. So stay with us. You're listening to At Your Service. This is Dave Simons, and we'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Oh, what a perfect Valentine's Day song. Welcome back, everybody. It's 820 in St. Louis. Dave Simon's filling in tonight. Good evening to all of you. Um, So one thing that I've never been afraid of or shied away from is admitting that I'm failing in some sort of relational aspect, whether it's my marriage or a coworker, a friend, to look in the mirror and say, okay, I own part of this. And if it's serious enough, especially in my own marriage, I'm not afraid to suggest, and my wife is not either, I'm lucky this way, that we need to perhaps go and seek some counseling on this. For old school folks, that's hard to wrap your head around. But I have had so much dysfunction in my own family growing up. Some of it I've shared over the years that I have seen people who tried to do things on their own and fail miserably. So it, it, it actually takes more courage and even humility to say, I can't do this alone. So occasionally I will even pick up a self-help book. Now, I'm barely making this up or exaggerating when I say that it seems like there's millions of self-help books out there. I haven't read one in a while, but one that was recommended to me was actually written by a St. Louis author and counselor. And the title is, And Then You Went Missing. Now, right there, I'm intrigued. And so the author is Sonia Meyer. And um, I, I, it's 160 pages, just chock full of really, really 
helpful advice and information and real life stories from Sonia herself and anecdotal stories of, of people that she's helped navigate through the complexities of life and relationships. And I'm sitting there highlighting and writing and, and, and saying, this is actually one of the most practical self-help books that I have ever read when it comes to standing up for yourself. And that's the key. It's, the book is dripping with that. You do it out of love, but you do it out of firmness. And uh, I got through it in literally like a day and a half. So I'm pleased to announce Sonia Meyer is, is called in to uh, spend a few minutes with us and give us some of her wisdom. She is a certified professional coach. She's been doing this for a number of years. Welcome, Sonia. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for that lovely introduction, Dave. I'm, I'm very honored. I'm very humbled. Um, for those well, words. It's lovely to be here. Yeah, thank you so much on this Valentine's Day. And I thought, man, how special. <laughs> but first of, first of all, the title, as I said, I was really intrigued by, by that. And then you went missing. And my first thought was, I wonder if she's talking about the reader, me, that I've gone missing, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Explore if you would and unpack that title. Yeah, gladly. I, I think the title describes a situation that we can all find ourselves in, maybe you and me definitely and people that I know and clients, and that is sometimes in relationships with people where the relationship can be tricky or someone is struggling or someone has a larger-than-life personality, we can get overshadowed by a relationship that's unhealthy to the point where our obsession with wanting to fix them or change them or control them, get them to do what we want, can actually become such a big deal to us that we lose sight of who we are and what we need and what we want. And we can actually start to sort of shrink um, and go missing in the sense that we don't even know anymore who we are and what we want because we're so hyper attuned to somebody else's needs and wants. Yeah. And you know, the artwork on the front of the book really uh, tells that story. And I, I don't want to give it away. People can go online and look at it later and, and we'll tell people how to do that. Yeah. But boy, that artwork even came more alive as I was reading it. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, I get it with these trees. Anyway, a little bit of a tease for some other folks to check out. But mm -hmm. I, you know, because this is Valentine's Day and people are focusing on love and all that, I thought, well, why not? Let's talk about it. But not in the hallmark, sappy, warm, Hollywood ending love, but we're going to take another side of this and talk about tough love, which you really dig deep down into in this book and, and in combination with setting boundaries for yourself. And I think that is so hard because we can read this in, on paper, or Sonia, we can come in and talk to someone like yourself and say, look, you are in a difficult relationship. This person has been making your life miserable and you've kind of lost who you are as you've been trying to be the good person in all this, but you need to set boundaries. Yeah, 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 I need to do that. Okay, we've got this game plan. But then to actually go and, and talk in front of this person, I think people could lose their courage. So how do you coach people to stick with it? Yeah, and I'm really glad you said that, Dave, because one of the mistakes that we make is that when we want people to, like you said, stand up for themselves or say no or make decisions that are better, we sort of encourage them and cheer them on and send them off to the front line. And then when they say what they need and the feedback comes back that's not very friendly or not very happy, a lot of times that causes even more damage for someone who's not used to 
tough love, as you describe it. And so one of the most important things about learning how to be loving, which is an action, and sometimes being loving means that you say no and you do something that might be unpopular. The most important thing is that we start a little bit earlier and figure out why is it so hard. So if I've been allowing someone to do certain things, live in my home forever or borrow money from me or do things that I didn't want to do, why am I doing that? So starting back a little bit with understanding how we're wired and what we want, what we value and what our expectations are, if we can do some of that work in advance, then it makes it a lot easier for us to actually stand up and say, hey, this isn't working for me. I need something different. And I'm willing to set some boundaries to make sure that I protect the things that I value. You know, one of, on that vein, one of the favorite parts that I saw in this book um, have, has to do with your, your reference to the well-known and loved movie, Jerry Maguire. And I, know, I had I to, <laughs> I, I to kind of chuckle as I'm reading through this because you described what might be the most memorable scene is Tom Cruise. Of course, he's trying to reconcile it with his estranged wife, of course, played by Renee Zellweger. And he and he comes in and all, and she's in the living room with all the friends. And then the, you could hear a pin drop. And then he says the some of the three most famous lines in Hollywood lore you complete me. And we all go, oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. But you write, and I quote, ugh, no, Jerry, no. We can tell you miss her and the sentiment is beautiful, but those words should send up a host of red flags for your beloved. What do you mean? Wait, I complete you. Whoa, that's a lot of pressure. I love that because you kind of turn it upside down, but you're right. Now, we um, let's see. OK, yeah, we've got some time before the break. So I would like you to take some time and say, wow, why? Why? What was the purpose of you turning that famous scene around that we can look at it from a different angle? And I apologize in the book, actually, for everybody who uh, who I'm disappointing <laughs> by saying that. But, but yes. really a healthy relationship is two people. We call it interdependent. It's two people who are knowing what they want, what they need. They're in tune with themselves and what they bring to the table. And their, their intersection is really just um, we, we want to be together, but we don't have to be. And it brings a level of uh, respect to the relationship. But when we have the sense that we need someone else in order for us to be happy, we venture into this area that we call codependence. And that's a word that gets thrown around and misunderstood. But really, that's a lot of pressure to put on someone else for our unhappiness. And when that person isn't doing well or maybe has a bad day or maybe is going through a season of life that's not so admirable, we need to be able to still exist on our own. And so that interdependence looks a lot healthier than what we might call that codependence. So that, that's a red flag whenever somebody is that dependent on us for their happiness. We need to examine that relationship just a little bit more, even if it's Tom Cruise. Far be it from me to ever critique Tom Cruise, but I did it. (laughs) Back in his sane days, but I'll leave that alone. um, Thank you. Thank you. Yes. There's another line that I want to pick up when we return from this break, but um, a a quote on page 91, I'm looking at it here, expectations are the root of all suffering. And I'm like, whoa, 
that packs some punch. So let's hold that thought. When we come back with Sonia Meyer, we're going to talk more about her book, And Then You Went Missing. We'll talk about what she means on the expectations and kind of her own street cred in writing this book, because that also is very compelling. Stay with us. All the news and all that matters to you. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Darling, you sent me. I know you sent me. Darling, you. Oh, man, who doesn't feel romantic with this kind of music, huh? 834 in St. Louis. Welcome back. Dave Simons filling in tonight at your service right here on KMOX. My special guest tonight, Sonia Meyer, who is the author of a book that just came out, And Then You Went Missing, subtitled A Hope-Filled Guide for Anyone Lost in a Difficult Relationship. Sonia, based right here in St. Louis, is a certified professional coach. Sonia, before I we talk about this um, reference I made to expectations, you talk about your faith. You don't shy away from it. Now, you don't beat anyone over the head with it. It's not layered on each page. You're, you're somewhat judicious with it. And I think at the right appropriate times, you bring out your faith. Why did you feel that was important? You know, um, I think for two reasons, Dave. Number one, like you already alluded to, it is a part of my story. And in this book, I do talk about my own journey. So part of this is a reflection of the things that I have learned and how my faith and my faith in God has shown up. So it's part of it is just the authentic story. But another thing that I realize when it comes to boundaries is that it's often people of faith who struggle with boundaries the most. And the reason why is that especially women so often are told, you know, your job is to be caring and to be compassionate and to be gentle and to turn the other cheek. And so we get this idea that we're not allowed to say no, we're not allowed to stand up for ourselves, that we always have to give in and cave in. And in my experience, I don't believe that that's actually spiritual. I don't believe that that's biblical. I think that's just something that we have grown accustomed to um, oftentimes as women, not only, where we start to feel like it would be um, un- unfaith-like or unchristian-like for us to say no. And so part of it is just sort of debunking that myth that um, that it is okay for people to live into their gift, to stand up for themselves and be the people that they were God-ordained to be. Yeah, great point. We don't necessarily have to overturn money changing tables, right? But we can still stand up for ourselves in that way. Maybe once in a while if it's necessary. <laughs> oh, sure, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, well, and that gets to expectations because you, you write in yeah. your book, ex- expectations are the root of all suffering. And I'm going to quote something here that you wrote. If your adult child winds up in jail from a DWI, your anger with her might stem from the fact that you expected her to possess more common sense. Or you might be disappointed with yourself based on an expectation that a good parent would not produce a child who has run-ins with the law. If your mother consistently comments on your appearance, your irritation might come from a place of deep insecurity with your looks. Your expectation would be that she would speak words of affirmation and not critique you. Now, that's a that's a really fine dance, right? Because I don't think that what you're saying is, here is you shouldn't have expectations. We should. So right. how do you mirror that without beating yourself up over it? 
Right. So first of all, that quote, you know, that expectations are the root of suffering actually comes out of 12-step recovery. So it's not something I created, but people who have been at this for a lot longer than I have, have just put their finger on the fact that we do have expectations in our relationships based on the things that we value. And sometimes it is important for us not only to understand what our values and expectations are, but that other people do not necessarily hold those same values and expectations. And so when we think that somebody else should be behaving a certain way, and they don't, we recognize that that could cause us some pain and some suffering, but that that's not necessarily um, something that we can do something about. However, and I'm, I'm grateful that you already alluded to this, that doesn't mean that we lower our expectations. It simply means that we recognize, oh, that person just pushed my buttons because I would expect my friend, for example, to speak positively of me, and I just heard that person critique me, and that hurt. So this is really just about getting clarity around what is it that really bothers us so that we can decide how do we want to then navigate that relationship in the future? How do we want to set boundaries? You know, Sonia, one of the, and we're talking with Sonia Meyer, who is a certified um, life coach and also a um, professional coach. And she has just come out with a book. And then you went missing subtitled a hope filled guide for anyone lost in a difficult um, relationship. One of the most compelling parts of this book for me, honestly, it, it, at times it even read like a novel is how you brilliantly wove into this book, your own personal walk, your own personal story, because it's not a bunch of roses. And mm. to me, you have street cred. And and I bring it back to my profession. I, I can relate to so many people that I help in the financial services business because I've been there. I came from nothing. I had mm-hmm. no money. I had to work hard. I had to learn things as I went along. I stumbled along the way. And, and so you can speak truth in here. And then, and, and I'm not going to give this away. People are going to have to get this book and read it. But you talk about your husband in this and you keep referring back to some issues with your husband. And then you yeah. even you even tease it. Look, I'm going to give you the conclusion of this relationship in the epilogue. And people who don't yeah. know the story are going to read that and, and literally be floored. So without you actually giving the whole thing away, tell me about that and why you thought it was important to be so raw. Yeah, and and uh, one of the reasons that this title even exists is because I found myself missing. Um, so about um, 20 years into um, my marriage, I actually became married or, or was married to someone who started to struggle with an alcohol addiction. And, you know, that addiction probably started much earlier than that, um, but I wasn't entirely aware. I didn't really know what alcohol addiction looked like. It didn't run in my family. And, and I can tell you from the people I know who are struggling with anyone in their life, a child, a spouse, a, a parent who is struggling with an addiction or a mental illness, we don't come prepared to know how to respond to that. And what often happens is we find ourselves doing exactly the things that we talk about in the book, and that is trying to fix and change and help and lecture and give advice and cover for them. And in the process of doing that, we lose track of ourselves and who we are. We start to compromise our values. We start to do things that are not kind or fair, we start to yell and shame and lecture. And I found myself doing all of those things. And it took years 
Um, it took years of counseling, and I appreciate that you mentioned getting professional help and getting involved in 12-step recovery. There's a program called Al-Anon for people who have someone in their life who's struggling. It took years before I really understood that I was losing myself in this particular relationship. And so then I had to decide what kind of a boundary I was willing to set, not so much to force the other person to make a change, because we can't do that, but to protect what I valued. And living in a sober marriage or living in a a home without addiction was a boundary that I set for myself to protect those values. And it was a journey. It was often very difficult and very unpleasant. But it it mattered to me greatly that I found my peace and my serenity again. And so I'm hoping that that comes across in the book. It certainly does. And so does the word shame. And I'm telling you, you show me one person who hasn't suffered from that. And I'll show you someone who hasn't lived. And and I'm telling you that that is something that I, too, have had to constantly go back and and say, am I feeling shame on this? My self-worth, has it really it's taken another hit and I've let myself go. So this is the last point that I really want to get through tonight, Sonia, with with you and your book. And that is how powerful this whole concept of shame is and how it keeps a over us and keeps us from really living life. Yeah, and and shame is often misunderstood. You know, guilt is something that can be instructive. When we feel guilty about something we've done, that could be helpful for us to learn or think about not doing that again. But shame is this deep-seated feeling that there's something inherently wrong with us. And shame can be a message we get early on in our life from our families of origin, from our schools. There, There are things that can shame us. But when we're in a relationship where we feel ashamed of who we are, we need to really examine where the roots of that shame come from, because it's almost impossible to set boundaries and stand up for ourselves and do what you're talking about, the kind of loving that can be tough if we don't even know that we have self-worth. So that's where getting some professional help can be very, very important. Sonia Meyer, this has been um, a real treat for me. Thank you so much. And I really would love for people to know how to get the book. And I know they can do it the usual way, right? They can go to Amazon. Let, uh, tell people Amazon, how they can find yep. it. Amazon is the best way. It is available in print, and it is also available uh, as an ebook and Kindle. The title is And Then You Went Missing. Uh, it'll show up. My name is Sonia Myra, and I would be honored, and I'd love your feedback. So please leave a review. Love to hear what you think about it. And that last name is spelled M-E-Y-R-E-R. So remember that. It was not my idea. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, again, thank you so much for spending time out and and being so raw and opening up your life to others, because I know uh, many, many folks could be helped by reading through this and light bulbs will go off. Sonia, thank you. Thank you so much, Dave. Good night. Good night. All right, Sonia Meyer, once again, certified professional coach and uh, has written a book that I think can be helpful for anyone. But it all comes down to the the courage that anyone has. And, and I'm, can I speak to the men out there in particular? It's, it's no surprise to know that women are better at this than men. And that doesn't mean that a man has to be weak. And he's somehow showing cowardice by saying, I can't do this on my own. And maybe I need to go talk to somebody. Uh, The first time that I ever talked to somebody was way back in college because of some really bad things that happened to me 
when I was quite young and continued for a number of years. And I will never go public. I don't plan on it with some of these things that occurred. But it got into my hard drive and my DNA, and it it caused me to really, really fall off as a as a person. And I was on a bad track as a young man. And and counseling back then saved me, but it wasn't over. And when stuff is in your hard drive, you occasionally have to go back for a reset. And that has even continued in my marriage from time to time. So I swear by it. Um, you find the right person, you stick with that person, keep them in your hip pocket. And it's just like finding that awesome person that you can go work on your car, that doctor that you like, even dare I say that financial advisor who can help you navigate through the financial planning. Well, it's same with our emotional health at the same time. We will be right back. Trusted information live and local from the award-winning KMOX newsroom. All right, my friends, welcome back. It is 849 in St. Louis. Dave Simon's filling in, certified financial planner and all-round nice guy, and occasionally filling in for uh, at your service. So in the second hour coming up, as I take you until 10 o'clock, I will get back to a little bit about what I do for, for a living and, and give you some of my viewpoints on what's been going on economically with inflation, and that includes today's CPI or Consumer Price Index report and what we should all know about that and perhaps how it relates to our investments and what a lot of other so-called experts and investment professionals are saying. And I've got a lot of good stuff that we'll uh, really dig into in the second hour, but this is still Valentine's Day theme here in the first hour. And so I want to talk about something, uh, uh, again, a little bit on the serious side of things, because this is happening with more frequency because of the advent of the Internet. So without giving away too many details here, about a year ago, I was introduced to somebody who had been scammed on the Internet um, related to romance and love. And we're talking six figures hundreds of thousands of dollars this poor gentleman was scammed out of that he'll never see according to the federal trade commission last year nearly 70,000 americans lost money to romance scams that's incredible to me and it's getting worse because of according to the ftc it's up from 56,000 the year before Last year, people lost a total of $1.3 billion in 2022. And that, by the way, is only those who are reporting it to authorities. Who knows what the real number is? Last year, $1.3 billion, not just all in Internet scams, specifically the subset of it, romance scams. That is up from $730 million lost back in 2020. So in just two years, the amount of money that that people looking for love and just relationships have been scammed out of has nearly doubled in just a couple of years. The median loss for each case was $4,400. For some, that's their entire savings. And the gentleman that I met has money, but not a ton. That, that I mean... That was a huge hit as well that he'll never get back. We're talking again, like I said, into the six figures. 
Now, there's a woman named Emma Fletcher. She's a senior data researcher at the FTC, and she wrote this report. And she writes, and I quote, um, you want to meet people in real life and you want to meet them, but they can't. She's talking about the scammers now. Reports show that their excuse is often baked right into their fake identity. Claiming to be on a faraway military base is the most popular excuse. But offshore oil rig worker is another common and fake occupation. In short, there's no end to the lies romance scammers will tell you to get your money. And the person that I met who had uh, been scammed, I really felt for this guy. He he had been a, a widower for some time. And and somebody had reached out to him online. And they I told the story at the beginning of the hour, didn't I, about how I met my wife. Now, she knew what I looked like because I was on television in Hutchinson, Kansas. She was the woman working behind the scenes down in Wichita. And we really started to develop a relationship over the phone. I didn't even know what she looked like. I knew she existed because I talked to her. Well, in a way, that fortunately, there's no scam there because I'm married to her for nearly 35 years. But this is kind of the modern day version, right? It's now the internet. You can develop a relationship without even, again, meeting that person. Nowadays, you can do it without actually getting on the phone and talking, which is even scarier. You know who is most vulnerable, according to this FTC report? Um, where is it here? I just had it in front of me. Bear with me. It is the 70 and over crowd. Thought that, um, anyway, I thought I had that in front of me, but, but that's what it is. It's, it's the 70 and over crowd that has been scammed the most. And just like this gentleman, he was about that age and that's no surprise. Um, but another group that this is happening to is the age group between 18 and 29, why is that? It's what is being called sextortion, where this person that you've developed a relationship with and you think there's something there and you want to meet and this person, for whatever reason, just can't seem to leave their home on the West Coast, let's say. But hey, send me some pictures. And you send some nice pictures, but after a while, they really get you to trust them even more even more, even more. And it's like, hey, now send me a little something risque, you know what I mean? Until it really becomes graphic. Now they've got you. And they turn right around and basically say, I'm not who you think I am, but I'm going to release these online unless you pay me X amount of money. That has been a growing part of the age group of 18 to 29. And one more thing about this in this report. I just find this all fascinating. This one really jumped off the page at me. Many scammers now who are doing this want to be paid in cryptocurrency. 34% of all the losses have involved crypto. So keep that in mind, especially for uh, you older folks, or if you know some older people who might be vulnerable to this because they are lonely and you know they're on the internet talking to some people. First of all, never, ever, ever send money. We know that. That seems obvious. But I'm telling you, especially when you get to a certain age and you are lonely and these people are experts and they know how to exploit feelings and emotions. So if they say, hey, send me some money in the meantime, because I'm real, I need to pay bills. Oh, how much do you need? Well, I need this, but send it, send it in Bitcoin. Well, I don't know how. Well, let me tell you how to do it right there. 
you just delete that person right away. 34% of all the losses in crypto, which is amazing. And the crypto loss averages around $10,000. Gift cards also are being used a lot. 24% of victims send their money this way. I just had to get that out because this report just came out through the FTC. So please don't be shy in having a discussion, especially with older folks you know who might be engaged in these online conversations. All right. We'll be back after the top of the hour. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 